You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello and welcome to the Travel Talk Weekly Show, coming to you from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to episode number 12, original air date, December 31st, 2019. Which means you are not only listening to the last show of the year, this is the last show of the decade. It's hard to believe the decade part. We were just talking about this on Disney Travel Secrets, and I really didn't even realize it until the year was probably about half over. And with Travel Talk Weekly, we're just getting started. But again, the whole decade thing, it's like, wow, the teens are over. They are. And now it's time for the Roaring Twenties. <laughs> and you well, can dress up like a flapper, and we can have fun. We'll reenact Prohibition. It'll be a blast. Okay. This is new information for me. So we'll, we'll have to discuss that. Okay. You know what that means, though, when it's the last show of the year? I think I do. Our top seven vacation destinations for 2020. It was hard to narrow it down to seven. Because yeah. I think we have a lot more on our list. <laughs> yeah, our but, list is long. But if we went with more than seven, this show would be a lot longer. First, thank you so much to each and every one of you that have joined us here on this new show. We really appreciate the fact that you take some of your valuable time every week and spend it with us here. And this week, we'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Area 51, very cool name, for their awesome five-star review. I've been a faithful listener of Robin Carey's other podcast, Disney Travel Secrets, and now I'm a faithful listener of Travel Talk Weekly. Carrie and Rob have done all kinds of traveling and can recommend the best places and the best way to experience those places. I'm listening to the Club Med ski trip episode. Never would have thought about skiing in Europe with Club Med because who knew Club Med does ski trips. In recent episodes, I learned about river cruises on Amur waterways. Never heard of them before this, but now I want to go. Thanks for tuning in, Podcast Area 51. And yeah, hopefully you'll hear about some even more new places this week that you want to go to. I'm betting that they will. But now, it's time for a very important message. This is a message from the Surgeon General. Listening to Travel Talk Weekly may cause the overwhelming desire to get out and see the world. Meaning, never stop exploring. Well, of course, that's kind of the point of this show. It is. And we too suffer from the same thing because the more we talk about destinations, the more we want to either go back or go to one of these new places. And that happens when we're doing quotes for a client, especially to places we've never been. I'm like, oh man, this sounds fun. Now I want to go. I know. We have some clients right now that are in Switzerland. They're just arriving to Zurich they today. They just got off Alma Waterways. And they- Christmas markets cruise. Yep. And then they are staying for one more week and they are staying in the most beautiful place in Lucerne, which is about 45 minutes outside of Zurich. But oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see their pictures. And this week is definitely going to put more ideas in your head like that for some great trips to consider in 2020. For those of you keeping score at home, our most popular episode so far is show number five, How to Do Venice, Italy, which makes sense because that is at the top of the bucket list destinations for almost everyone. Venice definitely is. And with them being in the news lately about them being flooded, I think a lot of people are saying, we got to get there before the city is underwater. Newsflash, I don't think it's going to go under. They're already figuring stuff out. Oh yeah. They'll preserve their city. They're smart up there. It's been there for Thousands of years, yeah. <laughs> or over a thousand. I don't know. Don't fact check me on that one, but it's been around a long time. Yes, it has. <laughs> now, when it comes to the top travel destinations for 2020, there are literally too many to choose from. 
we are going to give you a list based on what we see from trends that we hear about in the travel industry. And this is also based on requests that we get from clients and, of course, doing research on where we want to travel in 2020. When I started looking at some of the different lists from all a lot of different sources, actually, it was all over the place. There was really no consensus. Like when it's Disney, there's kind of a consensus. Here's the best parks. Here's the best rides. When it comes to travel, especially bucket list type international vacations, there really is no consensus. It all depends on how much or how little you want to do, how far away you want to go, if you don't want to travel that far. So you and I came up with just stuff that we think most people would like to do, including us. And they are some of the more popular destinations because with Instagram and social media, more and more people are sharing where they're traveling. Different places are now creeping up. So it's not just, hey, let's go to Italy, let's go to Greece. Those are two great places. But there are some new and maybe even some unexpected places and, of course, some typical ones. So we've narrowed our list down to the top seven destinations to experience in 2020. And here's the kicker is out of these seven destinations, you and I have only been to two of them. Correct. So how many of the other five will we attempt to go to in 2020? I don't think we'll hit all five. That's part of the fun of our job is as travel agents, we get all kinds of training. We go to seminars, we go to conferences. And I mean, there's like an onslaught if you want to learn about destinations as a travel agent. There's so many things that you can jump right into. So we do get trained on a lot of these. So we do have a lot of knowledge about them. Let's get right into that list the top seven destinations for 2020. Now, again, these are what we're seeing as popular vacation spots where there are great packages and they pretty much are for any level of traveler and all ages. Yeah, for the most part, all ages. When I say all ages, I'm, I am going to do a disclaimer that for the most part, ages four and above. Because under that, eh, that's going to be a little tricky for any sort of traveling. And probably under the age of 100, maybe <laughs> 99. <laughs> okay, so first up is in... This no particular order. Yeah, we didn't rank these. Yeah, these, these just, aren't ranked. This these is are just, just seven, and we put them in a random scrambler. Yeah, and, <laughs> and this is how up, they came th- out. And this is the order. <laughs> so number one is Iceland. This is the land of fire and ice, and this continues to be a super hot destination. Even though it's got ice in the, the name? No pun intended. <laughs> pun accepted. Okay. <laughs> so Iceland, if you're not familiar, is a very small island, and it's all the way up off the coast of Greenland. So if you look at a world map, you're going to see it is really far up there and it is very isolated. And if you're looking at a globe and you're in North America, you will have to spin the globe to be able to see Iceland. Yes, you will. Although it is considered part of North America, ironically. Closer to Northern Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Iceland is a place you and I have talked about and we have a connection there and odds are we'll we'll probably hit Iceland this year in 2020. Yeah. So the cool thing about Iceland though is because it is a small island, a lot of the vacation packages, you get to see a good portion of the island because you kind of circle around. But here are the most common things to look forward to. You got, of course, the Northern Lights. That would be fantastic to see because they are so far north. You got the Blue Lagoon, which is very popular, very trendy. They There actually are other lagoons that you can go in. And disclaimer, this is not the one with Brook Shields. This is not. No, this totally is totally different. different Blue Lagoon. <laughs> you got the Golden Circle, which is very well known. You can do some tours where you horseback ride around the Golden Circle. And of course, you got rafting, you got fishing. So lots of adventure travel when you go to Iceland. Our recommendation here is don't try to do it in less than six or seven days. Yeah, I think seven days is pretty good here. You will pay crazy expensive prices for food. A friend of ours had gone there and I don't remember the exact pricing, but I just remember, oh my gosh, I'm going to bring a bunch of like 
protein bars or snack bars or something <laughs> because the prices there are crazy. Yeah, the pricing is crazy for food and drink. And that's one thing that really surprises people if they don't do their research, or they're just looking at a tour and they're like, hey, that tour price isn't bad. They're not factoring in food and drink. So it's also the perfect destination if you're on a diet because you will not be able to afford to overeat in Iceland. This is true. <laughs> now, the best times to go to Iceland are going to kind of depend on what you want to see. If going to see the Northern Lights is on your bucket list, you're probably going to want to go more in February, March, and maybe September and October. But if you're going for more of like the hiking, the summer activities, July and August are going to be the warmest. And of course, June is going to be the peak season because this is when you have daylight for 24 hours. How crazy is that? As cool as that sounds, I think that would kind of freak me out. You know, I don't want to wake up at two in the morning and it's sunny and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm hungover. It's two in the afternoon. No, it's still 2 a.m. Go back to sleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and if crowds aren't your thing, because Iceland, there are a lot of airlines that have nonstop flights there now. Yeah, Iceland Air flies right out of Tampa. Yeah, so it, they're making it really easy for you to get to Reykjavik, which is usually where everybody flies into. And so if crowds aren't your thing, you may want to look at going in April or October. Now, you do sacrifice maybe seeing a couple of the other sites and stuff, but there's not going to be as big a crowd. And I predict if we do go to Iceland, it'll probably be in the fall just because of all the trips and events and things we have coming up in the first six months. And if we're going to wait that long, I'd rather go then than in the middle of the summer. Again, the 24-hour daylight would freak me out. <laughs> but I, if I'm going that far, I do want to see the northern lights. So you know what? For us, November may be a good month to go. Or maybe October. Or either one. Yeah, or either we're one. We're good. We don't know. <laughs> Moving on to number two. Okay, number two is one that I definitely have on our list of we need to get to this part of the world. And it has become more and more popular. And that is Southeast Asia area. So typically, that could be anywhere in Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam. There are some great packages. And a trip there is going to be all about culture, food, traditions, and amazing wildlife. And there are a lot of species of animals that you can only find in Southeast Asia. And they have a lot of endangered species, and you get to get up close and personal with many of them. So that's kind of something a lot of people look forward to. Another reason that Southeast Asia has become so popular is because it is very affordable. The best time to travel here is November through February for the best weather. It also happens to be more peak season for crowds, so the prices can be higher in general. If you can stand the heat, you may want to go in April or May. Yeah, just beat the crowds a little. So they do have a really fun annual event, and it goes from April 13th through the 15th. And this is their new year where they basically have water fights on the streets. I mean, that's really what it is. Um, I had a good friend of mine who was over there just this past April, and he was posting stuff every day where, and he was there with his young daughters, and they would literally go out, have buckets of water, and you would throw it on people that are going through on the parade, and then people have water guns, and they're shooting each other, and this goes on for like two days. That sounds like something really fun to watch on video. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was know looking at it, and I was like, like ah, that's not really our thing. But, I'm very particular yeah. about my hair and you my clothes. Are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you want a little extra fun, you may want to consider going um, somewhere the 13th through the 15th. Um, but yeah, pretty interesting. A great way to see some of those destinations in Southeast Asia is with Adventures by Disney. Yeah, they especially have... If, especially if you've never been there before, because sometimes when you go to a place that's kind of far away, you've never been there. You want to have that peace of mind of being with, with guides and with Adventures by Disney. You'll have not just the Disney Adventure Guides, you'll also have a local guide who is native to that area. And I really like some of the itineraries that they've put together. There are also some other tour companies. And I know right now a really big thing is to, hey, let's just go get an Airbnb 
And unless you are extremely well-traveled and you have maybe even been to these destinations, we do not recommend that's how you do your first foray into the Southeast Asia area. And depending on what part of the city you're doing for Airbnb, that could be Airbnb, and the B&B is broken and bruised. You don't (laughs) want to be in a bad area, so stick with a reputable tour company with a small group of people. It's always better than, especially if you don't speak the language, with you know a lot of Americans don't, and try to do Southeast Asia on your own, just kind of walking around. That might not be the right way to do it. Yeah, especially because they do have a lot of interesting food, and you want to make sure you kind of have an idea of what you're eating. But this could be a really amazing trip. Definitely do it with some sort of an organized guide so that you also can get into some of those hard-to-see places that get really popular, like the animal sanctuaries and stuff like that. And learn about the culture, which is one of the main reasons you're going there in the first place. Exactly. At number three on the list, but number one in our hearts, Italy. It's still number one when it comes to any bucket list trip. Yeah, and we've done three episodes on that on shows the big you how three. much we love it. And yeah, if you've never been before, it's almost obligatory to do Rome, Florence, and Venice. However, you may want to do like Sorrento, the Amalfi Coast, Puglia, which is over in the boot heel of Italy, Sicily. Sicily is also awesome. Even over, you know, to Lake Como, and you got Milan up north. I mean, we're not going to Milan. I know how you like shopping. We will be skipping Milan. (laughs) Milan is definitely on our list for Italy. But here's our big tip, though. If you are considering Italy is keep in mind when the peak seasons are. And so usually the summers are so, so, so busy. So if you're planning on Italy and you're going to be doing a lot of touristy stuff, summer is probably not the time to go. I remember my brother went to Rome and I was just like, don't go in July. That's like the worst. And he's just like, no, we'll be fine. And his biggest complaint was everybody at the Coliseum was standing there with their selfie stick. And it was packed shoulder to shoulder, everybody getting their picture. And they had a miserable time because it was way too busy. Now, they also didn't book a private tour, which would have kind of given him a little more space. You need to know when it is busy. Another big thing to consider is that Europeans in general and Italians specifically are way better at taking vacations than we are here in the U.S. So much so that a lot of them take the entire month of August off, which means some of the shops and some of the things you might want to do and see will not be open, but it's still going to be very crowded. So you're going to try to fit a whole bunch of people into some places that are closed, which makes the other places even more crowded. So August, not the best month. And speaking of the Coliseum, we did a private tour with our guide from Chow Italy Tours. We went in through a completely different entrance than we'd gone in before, and it was just our group. It was really nice. And the pictures were awesome. And at number four, and this is a place that if you're in Italy, you might as well go over and see these next destinations. And those are the countries of Croatia and Montenegro. Croatia and Montenegro definitely are two of the most beautiful places that we've ever been to. I fell in love with Croatia the first time we went back in 09. And Croatia fell in love with you. They sent me a a private message. Did they? (laughs) So Croatia, if you're not familiar, is along the coast of the Adriatic Seas. And usually if you're on a cruise, um, you've probably heard of Dubrovnik and Split because those are also cruise ports. So those two towns are very well known. And in fact, Dubrovnik is known for its walled city, but more recently in the past several years, they have definitely been known as the place where Game of Thrones was filmed. To learn more about those places in detail, go back to the two episodes we did, Sailing with Star Clippers. And you'll you'll see we went to Var and Rovine, which a lot of the cruise lines don't go to because they're too small. So if you are planning on doing maybe a holiday in Croatia, see I'm using my like European lingo there. You are amazing. (laughs) 
Um, you could charter a yacht. Let's say you have a group of families or friends, charter a yacht and just go visit some of the different cities along the Dalmatian coast. That would be a really cool way to experience Croatia. And inland, they have waterfalls, hiking, some really big national parks. That entire area is gorgeous. And also, I would say it's someplace that you and I need to explore even more. Definitely. And of course, if you are a big foodie, so you love different food and drinks, visiting Croatia, you could put together or do some sort of a tour that's totally focused on their food. And like we've been to some of the wineries and the olive growing places, the vineyards. Yeah, that's, yeah. That place where they grow olives and wines. Yeah. <laughs> they grow wines. They're not grapes anymore. But they're totally different. Wines though. on a tree. <laughs> but no, the but the olives are totally different than the type of olive that you get over in Italy. I will take your word for it. I, I know am, you don't like I olives. I am not an olive person. <laughs> but yeah, Croatia is definitely one to put on your list. And a lot of people don't think about that when they think of a European trip. Except now they do because of Game of Thrones. This is true. Just south of Croatia, a very popular summer destination, especially for the rich and famous, and that is Montenegro. Yeah, this is quickly becoming Europe's next like must-do vacation spot. Um, Kotor is one of the very popular cities. Which reminded me of a tiny Dubrovnik, like the walled city part. It was, yeah. like, a, it was like a mini version. It was like a little mini version and super hill, hilly. Um, I mean, you're basically at the base of a mountain, so you could do some great hiking. The history of Montenegro goes way back to the days of ancient Greek civilization. So... There's a lot to see if you're like a history buff and you want to kind of explore that area. There's also a national park with amazing views. And if a beach vacation is high on your list, Budva is one of the most well-known. It has 13 miles of beaches and a wide range of accommodation. And the cool thing about their beaches is that they have different kinds of sand depending upon what beach. So you may have one that's a little more pebbly. You may have one that's a little more soft. So you have a wide variety of different types of sands along all those miles and miles of beaches. And if you want over-the-top luxury, check out Sveti Stefan. This is a unique five-star resort on its own island. To visit, you have to either stay there, obviously, or eat in the hotel restaurant. What's cool is it used to be a fishing village, so you'll see lots of narrow streets, shops, and small churches. From the 1960s through the 80s, it used to be where the rich and famous would go. And now I think a lot of them are going to Var in Croatia. Yeah. So, yeah like mega yacht row. Yep, definitely. Some some things are changing there. What's really neat, though, is if you ever see pictures of this cute little place, is they have these red tiled roofs. And it's just like out on its own little oasis. Like there's a little causeway that goes out there, but it's definitely very isolated. Now, if you are thinking of going to either Croatia or Montenegro, keep in mind that July and August can be super, super hot. So the best times to go are going to be like May and June or September and October. Destination number five made the list because of a huge event happening there next year. And that is the 2020 Summer Olympic Games that start in July and end in August. And that is Tokyo, Japan. Now, I have Tokyo, Japan on my list. You're trying to do this for Birthday Palooza 2020. I, I, I definitely know. want to. Um, but have a, have a conversation with our bank account, please. <laughs> well, one of the things, though, is I had forgotten that the Olympics were coming there. And when the, the good news is that whenever the Olympics go to any city, one of the things that happens is that all of the hotels start getting refurbished. Everything's getting built up. So you have like some new and exciting things to see. 
The downside is everybody is going to be heading to Tokyo. And so I don't know if we can go for my birthday palooza because it's going to be right in the middle of the Olympics. So you're off the hook there. You got lucky. The Olympics start on your birthday, July 24th. Yeah. Maybe a month or two afterwards, Tokyo would be even better because they're going to want to keep the occupancy rate high at all the new venues and hotels they're building. So there might be some good deals. The cool thing, though, is that if you are into like sports and doing some amazing vacations, going to see the Olympics is a great reason to head over to Tokyo. And our preferred partner for any and all sports-related trips is road trips. Whether it's the Masters in Golf, Wimbledon, or the Grand Prix of Monaco, Road Trips has got you covered. So reach out to us if you're looking for an amazing over-the-top sports trip. It could be Super Bowl. It could be the World Series. It could be the World Cup. Anything sports-related, these guys are the masters. And, and, not, they, and, and they do and, the masters. And not the golf tournaments. Yeah, I didn't, that was totally unintended and clearly not in the show notes. If you do want to plan a trip to Tokyo, a couple things to keep in mind. In Japan, you have lots of opportunities to really take in the culture there and their traditions. And one of my favorites, the food. And if you are tall and blonde, you will definitely stand out above the crowd. Yes, you will. See what I said there? (laughs) That was good. Lots of puns from you today. That's because we're recording this on pun day. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a real day. But if you just want to go and stay in Tokyo, that is one option. There's plenty to do there. But while you're over there, you might as well utilize their high-speed trains to see the rest of Japan. Tokyo is one of the destinations where there's so many business travelers here that there really isn't a huge change in hotel pricing based on a tourist season. But the best times to go for good weather are going to be late March to May and October to early December. But if you want to see the cherry blossoms in the springtime, that's going to be a little bit different. And of course, their late fall is absolutely gorgeous with all the leaves changing. They definitely have seasons here. Yeah, there's a rainy season that begins in June and goes through July and peaks again in September. It also gets hot and humid in June to mid-September. Yeah, so think Florida. <laughs> yes, and we're used to it. We're used to it. But if you're not used but to it, But it's a though, dry heat. <laughs> no, if you're not used to it, you're going to like be killed. Now, there are a number of festivals in Japan because they do have so many traditions there. So before you finalize your plans, you may want to see if there's a festival that you're interested in seeing or one you're interested in avoiding. I know that one to be aware of is what's called Golden Week, which happens at the end of April, beginning of May. And the reason why you want to know about this is because this is when the Japanese take their vacation. And so everything is packed. Why is every country out there better at vacations than we are? Americans do not take enough vacations. No, the Japanese take hardly any. This is their one week. That's it? Yeah, because they're workhorses. They work a lot. Never mind. (laughs) But you're going to see lots of pop culture in Tokyo. So if you're into things like Hello Kitty... Kauai. Which is something we learned at Epcot, which I will say, if you're planning a trip to Japan, visiting the Japan Pavilion at Epcot is a really good way to kind of immerse yourself, try some restaurants, check out the shopping, a lot of culture. I think a lot of people kind of walk right by Japan like, ah, I, don't, I don't want sushi today, and they keep going. Go in and check out the Japan Pavilion at Epcot. Yeah, lots of cool things in there you'll see. I mean, the Japanese, they love their electronics, they love their comic books. And so guess what? They have special districts for all this stuff. And they even have like little theme parks. So there's a special Hello Kitty theme park-ish area. But tons and tons of shopping for those electronics, the kawaii, the comic books, everything. Explain kawaii. Kawaii just means super cute. And so it's like they take everything to the nth degree. And you know you're not supposed to use that phrase on this show or the other show. (laughs) No, I can use super cute. (laughs) At number six on our top seven destinations for 2020, the Galapagos Islands. With more companies like Silver Sea designing purpose-built ships for this destination, it's not only a great destination for 2020, 
but also moving forward as more companies are building ships and more tour companies are designing vacations based on this amazing destination. And if you do plan a trip to the Galapagos Islands, you need to know that not all of the different tours or cruises you can take are the same. There's so many different itineraries. Of course, the Galapagos are known for not just the amazing wildlife, but they have certain species that you can only find on the Galapagos Islands. Yeah, so some of the things you're going to see are like tortoises, the lava lizards, sea lions, of course, cute little penguins, and <laughs> cute little penguins, <laughs> and lots and lots of birds, like a lot of birds. I mean, we've been to the Amazon, and there are so many different species of birds. The Galapagos just has the Amazon beat. One thing many people don't know is that you don't go and stay at a hotel in the Galapagos Islands. If you go, you're going there by ship, and you will stay on the ship, and you'll take excursions to visit the different islands, but you do not stay on the islands. Yeah, so Silver Sea has one of the best ways to see the Galapagos because their itinerary includes 16 ports around all the islands. Including Ecuador. Yeah, that's a lot. 16 is a lot. And they're building a ship that is designed specifically for the Galapagos called the Silver Sea Origin, and that debuts uh, summer of 2020. And that is complete and total luxury. Now, if you do plan a trip to the Galapagos, you need to plan in advance because these sell out. They are limited to the number of people that can actually go onto the islands at a time and the amount of time that they can stay there. So even while we were doing research for this, Adventures by Disney, they also do a Galapagos in Ecuador, and most of theirs were waitlisted already, which is crazy. But that's why you want to plan ahead. I will say I do like the Silver Sea because it does seem to be the most intensive itinerary that I've seen. Um, most of the others will do kind of a partial. So they may only do the West Islands or the South Islands or the East Islands. And Silver Sea is all inclusive. So everything's included. Food, drinks, everything's already included. Yeah. This trip, though, is definitely something to budget for in advance. Even though it makes our list of top seven destinations for 2020, you might want to start saving for this trip to go in 2021. <laughs> yeah, but the best times to go, and this is why we need to talk about this now, the best time to go is actually December through May. So December of 2020, that would be a good time for you to maybe book a trip and get it on the books because that's when the weather is the best, although it is beautiful there year round. Most people plan on seven to eight days. And like I said, if you want Galapagos to be a part of your vacation, but not all of it, the best way to see it in that particular instance is Adventures by Disney because you'll also be traveling through Ecuador and there's a, there's a lot of different components where... The Galapagos is one section of the trip, not the whole trip. But if you do want the whole trip, Silver Sea has probably my favorite itinerary. And now it's on to number seven. And it's certainly last but not least, because this one is one that's been on my, my list of places that I've wanted to go forever. And I'm not really sure what last but not least means, but everybody seems to say that. It means that it's even though it's the last doesn't mean it's the least. Okay, now that you've broken that down, it makes more sense. <laughs> okay. And that is Australia. The biggest challenge for this is the time it takes to travel there. And it's also a bucket list for a lot of retirees because sometimes people take two and three weeks off to do that. And you know, if you're working you know, a regular job, taking that much time off just might not be an option. It's unless you live in Europe where they do take a whole month off. We need to adopt that here. So in we're going to move to Europe just to take a month off. <laughs> I like that idea already. Well, Australia is a huge country and offers several great and very diverse destinations that you can visit. You got things like the Sydney Opera House or the Sydney Harbor, super popular. 
the Gold Coast, which is famous for its sandy beaches, but it also has really cool skylines. The Great Barrier Reef. And Australia does have some of the best diving in the world. Yes, they do. Lots they of sharks. They also have lots of great white sharks. Yeah. I was going to say that. I know. A little scary. And then, of course, you got the Outback. Not the Steakhouse. No. Outback Steakhouse has absolutely nothing to do with Australia. Other than it was a concept of like, hey, everybody likes Australia. That's how they did it. And I know this because Outback is based in Tampa. So, of course, you have the opportunities to see wildlife like crocodiles, those cute little koala bears. Those are really cute. And you completely forgot the kangaroos. And, oh, the kangaroos. Yeah, that's true. So the kangaroos did not make our show notes for whatever reason. (laughs) They did not. But Australia has a lot to offer. But you do need to plan this one out from a time standpoint. Because like you said, it takes a long time to get to the other side of the world from the US. Yes, it does. So out of those seven, which one are you the most excited to try and hit? I would actually say two. Iceland, because I think there's a really good chance we're going to go there in 2020, but also Southeast Asia, and I'd like to do that with Adventures by Disney. I think that would be an incredible way to see those destinations for the first time. And you? Okay, on my list, um, I agree, Southeast Asia. I just think it looks really interesting, and I got to go with Tokyo, but I, I, know know. We're, I know we're not going to do that this next year. So we'll have to bump that one over to 2021. But we'd love to hear what your destination out of these seven you would be the most excited to go see in 2020. And so head on over to our Facebook or Instagram and please share and comment and let us know what you're looking forward to visiting in 2020. And if it's not on the list, where you want to go. Because if it's a really cool destination, we may feature it on a future episode. Regardless, we hope you have at least one trip planned for 2020 on the books. And after you do go on vacation... Here's our little pro tip. Always get another one on the books. Get it deposited so that you have something to look forward to. That's one of the tips we always give to our clients. Even before you go, already have at least deposited and booked trip number two. That way you come off of this trip number one high and you're like, oh, oh, wait, wait, we have trip number two. So to use a baseball term, always have another vacation on deck. Okay. I like that. I like that. (laughs) We do have two trips that we're inviting you to join us on in 2020, and we may add a few more. The first one is a cruise on Royal Caribbean's Brilliance of the Seas. This is on April 27th, and it's a five-night cruise out of Tampa, Tampa, Florida. And As opposed to the other Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Some people don't know. And it has stops in Key West, Nassau, and Royal Caribbean's private island, Coco Cay. So this one's kind of like a real basic cruise, but we're going to have a great time. And this is a ship, the Brilliance of the Seas, we've been on with Royal several times. We've hosted groups on there. And it's a fantastic ship out of our favorite port, which is Port Tampa Bay. Number two on the list, we have a cruise in October in the Mediterranean with three different ships to choose from. And all three ships are going to end up in Koper, Slovenia for a special private event that night in town, and then all three ships cruise to Venice the next day. And that cruise line is Azamara, and that is the luxury brand within the Royal Caribbean umbrella. So if you're interested in either one of those, please reach out to us and we can get you the most up-to-date pricing and get you deposited. We'd love to love to vacation with you. And not only Happy New Year, but we hope you had a very great 2019 and a great, we hope you had a great teens. All the teens, And technically... The tweens. The tweens. (laughs) I knew you were going to go there with that. And we hope you have a fantastic 2020 and beyond. If we can help you plan your next bucket list trip, please reach out to us. And it doesn't matter if it's an international trip or even just a basic trip to Disneyland. We'd love to help you create a memorable vacation. But before you go, remember this. It's a great, big, beautiful world. Get out there and see it. And until next time, never stop exploring. 